Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have a new pawn from Seekout, and I can't wait to talk with him about the business case or the use case uh, that practitioners make for Seekout because he's got a wonderful company, uh, and they do a lot of great things in our community uh, for both recruiters and sourcers and hiring managers. So we're going to have a really fun conversation and learn all about Seekout. So Anoop, would you do uh, me and the audience a favor and introduce yourself and introduce Seekout? Hi, William. Uh, delighted to be on this uh, podcast. Um, so I'm Anoop. I'm co-founder and CEO of Seekout. Uh, we are a three-year-old uh, company in the talent space. Uh, my background, I'm a geek and an entrepreneur. Uh, I came to this country in 1980. I got my PhD in computer science at Carnegie Mellon. I was a professor at Stanford for 11 years. Uh, I started my first company there in the streaming media business that got sold to Microsoft and then 18 years at Microsoft, including uh, the fun part of reporting directly to Bill Gates for a couple of years as his tech advisor, uh, running the Skype and Exchange businesses, if you're using email, running global technology policy, education, telepresence, so lots of fun things. And at some point decided, you know, there was a second startup uh, we have to do, and here we are. When I, uh, you know, think about our vision and mission for Seekout, uh, the Starting point is our belief that people are the most important asset for any company. They build the products, they make the products, they sell the products, they market the products. Uh, They also happen to be the most important asset, uh, sorry, most expensive asset uh, for any company. So it becomes really critical that how, who we, how we find people, how we hire people, how do we retain people, develop people, become hugely important. And we believe the more holistic profiles that you can build for people, resumes are not the most representative profiles, will help you get ahead. Today, we focus primarily on external talent acquisition and over the year, we will broaden. But our mission is simple. You know, we want to provide our customers a competitive edge in recruiting hard-to-find and diverse talent. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's for me. It's uh, as I explained, seek out to folks. It's a, you know, it's this is an application that's going to help you find talent, but also uh, the right talent. And uh, and and that's that. Those things aren't easy. Finding talent not easy and finding the right talent, qualified talent. And as, as we've learned over the last couple of years, finding more uh, diverse and inclusive talent 
Um, some of the things that, that you've seen just recently with SeekOut and the way that your customers are using uh, SeekOut now, maybe as opposed to you know when you first started, what, what are some of those trends? What are, you, what are some of the things that you're seeing in the ways that your, your customers are kind of using the application? As you mentioned, diversity has become a really important uh, you know, endeavor for talent teams, you know, right from the C-suite, uh, all of the CEOs uh, signing, uh, you know, signing their diversity pledge. So, and it's coming down to, you know, the talent leaders to say, how do I recruit? And of course, inclusion and belonging are important too. So we help uh, talent leaders to translate the great intentions into real action and results. So the way I talk about it is, you know, the first thing, if you're a talent leader, you're trying to say, how do you set targets? So if you're setting targets, you need to understand, you know, what does, let's say, data scientists look like, diversity amongst data scientists in your company? Uh, what does it look like at peer companies? What does it look like uh, in the location or the region where you are or internationally? So this competitive data and the talent analytics that is built into SeekOut is very helpful for that. The second area that I talk about is how do you write diversity-friendly job descriptions? And I ask them, uh, how do you do it today? How do you go uh, to the hiring manager and have the discussion when they put 20 must-have requirements that you know, rarely decimate the talent pool that you might have? And through the analytics, we find that data-driven conversations go a lot further when you can show them, you know, you add the skill and this is how it is reducing the talent pool, you add this other skill. So, and what is really necessary? And I love this quote from Jim Barksdale, who was the CEO of Netscape, the first internet browser and server company. And what he says is, if you're coming to me with data, let's have a conversation and discussion. If you're coming, you know, if you're talking about opinions, then let's go with mine. <laughs> okay. And the notion is there is a power, you know, gap between the hiring manager and the recruiter. You can have much more productive conversations when you go with data. So that is a second, you know, use case within diversity where we rarely help uh, recruiters and these are questions you should be asking. How can you do that? The third thing is, you know, actually the sourcing strategy. If you are looking for black data scientists, what are the companies I should be digging into? What are the locations I should be? Should I be asking for a relocation budget? Are you comfortable with remote work? So we can really help people find that. Another thing we do is something that we call blind hiring mode in SeekOut, where you can actually choose as an organization where you can, in this blind hiring mode, hide the image, the name, any social networks, education. So there's a variety of things that can be hidden. So people are looking at candidates and providing feedback based on their skills and experience and not based on factors, you know, 
that can be a distractor to it. So that becomes a really powerful element of what we let people do. And then finally, actually, you know, get you the emails and the contact information and messaging templates so you can engage. So this whole angle of diversity and what can be done there is a very, very powerful use case that companies are finding attractive. Further, they are trying to now get seek out for all of their recruiters and sources rather than just a subset because diversity is everybody's business and mission that they need to participate in. Yeah, I've, I've seen that trend in LinkedIn that um, a lot of it used to be parsed out as you were a technical recruiter, you were this type of uh, sourcer, and a lot of it is now coming together as diversity and inclusion as a part of sourcing as opposed yes. to being split off. I, and, I, and I like that trend. Um, so one of the questions I have is, you know, what would you change about how people seek out talent? Like if you could, if you could wave a wand, you know, sort of more or less, like if we could kind of unwind some of the biases, because you talked about resumes, which I think is and job descriptions, both of which are, you have uh, historically been, uh, you know, just just uh, tethered to bias. So, so what would you change in the way that people go about finding that talent? So one is, you know, the more, so part of a vision is called Talent 360. So we say, how do you build the most holistic profiles of mm -hmm. people? So especially for engineering and technical talent related to, you know, the digital uh, revolution that is happening. We go to, you know, GitHub and we actually look at the ways they have contributed, have they participated in discussion or papers or patents for defense or, or you know, companies when they're looking for security clearance. We look at all of the jobs that are, uh, you know, that were open in the last five years and see if security clearance was required and who's sitting. So we bring together a lot of information. Uh, together so that you can find the right people in the most specific ways for the talent. An approach I like is, uh, you know, what uh, Lou Adler calls hiring for success. And so there are two methods. One is the spray and pray method, right? You go get a thousand people, send them a message, not get specific. My personal, this thing is how do we select the right people? How do we make sure that there is a growth opportunity, you know, the role that you have, why the company and the values are gonna resonate and then reach out in this much more targeted way. And I think that leads to much better candidate experience and that leads to much higher success for the long term. I love that. So let's dig into who uses SeekOut. Um, and, the, and the question I have is kind of wrapped in something I've seen in sourcing operations. So, you know, a couple of years ago when, when there was lots of conversation in, in sourcing and recruiting around AI, machine learning, and NLP, and you kind of had a little bit of fear that you could kind of feel from the practitioner community that, that, that their jobs were going to be taken or automated, et cetera. But it also kind of created 
you know, an opportunity in terms of, of sourcing operations, being in, in more of an operational role and using data, as you've already talked about. What are you seeing in particular, what are you seeing in terms of sourcing operations? And then the second part of that is the, the, the who's using seek out on a daily basis? What persona? Yeah, no, sure. So two questions. One is in terms of sourcing operations, you know, efficiency is important. Workflow is really important. So how you integrate, you know, with the applicant tracking systems and the workflow uh, becomes very important. How do you know what other recruiters are doing? Can you find talent that is already there in the applicant tracking systems? So a lot of those parts become very important um, uh, in the you know efficiency and efficacy of people using. As to who is using um, seek out. It is really all recruiters and sourcers and some tier leaders, you know, who are starting to, uh, who are active users of SeekOut. We have many, many companies now that have enterprise licenses, where really every recruiter and sourcer has access to SeekOut. We also have many smaller startups where hiring is a big deal where you know, their license means hiring managers and recruiters all have access to seek out. So you've taken a lot of software to market. And so you've, you've seen this play out a couple of different ways and a couple of different times, uh, the unintended use of seek out. So you go to market with an idea and then all of a sudden a customer says, yeah, I like that. And then I'm going to use it this way. In a positive way, not not in a negative way, but an unintended. And all of a sudden, you're, you now your development team and your product team is like, oh wait a minute, <laughs> if they <laughs> if they're using it that way, maybe some of our other customers will use it so that way. What are what are some of those stories for you? So we have actually stuck quite a bit to saying the talent professionals are our audience, and we have focused to that. What we have seen from some of the customers, they say, hey, you know, couldn't we use it for business development and sales? Because, you know, you can say, hey, who are, if you are selling to directors of talent, you know, hey, you can very easily search uh, for those people, get their contact information, phone numbers. But to me, the go-to-market for different scenarios, who are the people who are buying, how are you selling, uh, who are the influencers, all becomes very different. And we have decided to very deliberately keep our focus on the talent professionals and make sure we are spending every uh, you know, cycle of our time and energy making it the best, best solution for them. I love that. So, so, and then, you know, when you, when you, when you get that call that says, Hey, can we use it for our sales team and do business development, et cetera. It sounds good because it opens up this brand new market. Like, Oh my God, we can go after this other market, but also those things, they, uh, they have separate sales cycles, separate personas. It splits the marketing budget. It yes. also can possibly split the product in, in, in terms of uh, feature set going forward. So, um, let's, let me ask you a question about buying questions. So yes. 
the buying questions, I want to ask it in two ways. One is, what are your favorite buying questions? Like, what do, what do you, when people, after, you know, when you talk to them and they ask you questions and your, your face just lights up, like, I love that question. <laughs> and then the opposite is also true. And what are the questions that, you know, uh, that just kind of drive you into the wall? Uh, questions that you wish that, you know, that, w- that we could just stop asking. So. Um, I think um, what lights me up actually is when, you know, in any market, there's a lot of noise where everybody's claiming that they do everything. And we believe a lot of our differentiation is the quality of the results and the quality of profiles and the quality of contact information, just the quality of experience and speed of experience and success you can get. So, um, you know, I was uh, talking to heads of TA of two very large companies today who are, you know, amazing companies in our environment. And what lights me up is they say, oh, you know, diversity is important to us. What can we do? We are looking for, you know, mechanical engineers or people who work with drones or, you know, that this was a large manufacturing uh, related company. I said, let's go into the product. Let's look at them. And we start exploring and we can see from the analytics where these people are, where we can make an adjustment. What does diversity look like for them? What does diversity look like in peers where they can do it? So I find that people, when they are curious and they want to understand really how they can get to the targets. Their eyes light up and my eyes <laughs> light up, okay, to do that. So, and whether you look at a diversity or some other context, we can just go in, or I was talking to another, you know, uh, people in the industry of semiconductor and they do, you know, the most advanced chips for AI and things like that. And we could go into our expert database and find them people with patents or people who are doing AI algorithms for hardware and writing the code for that. So whether we go in deep talent or we are looking for SaaS sales people or how we are doing discovery, rediscovery inside the applicant tracking system and how we can use the analytics and the combination of being the smart, um, you, you know, savvy uh, talent advisor, recruiter, or how we convert, you know, how we help their uh, people become. I love those questions <laughs> and, and taking people through them and how we can empower uh, their talent organizations to get more done. And questions that, and, and I'll, I'll give you one of mine. I advise um, practitioners not to talk about price until the mm-hmm. very end. So just don't bring up money. Yeah, there will be money. There is a contract on all that other stuff, but just save it and get it. Is this the right application? Does it solve the problem? Is it integrated into your workflow and all that other stuff? Like solve for all of you know algebra, solve for all of those, all of those things and then get to price. So uh, I have a, a, a general disdain for pricing questions, uh, you know, very early on in the price in the process. Is there anything, is there any types of questions that kind of 
you'd rather that either not be asked or you just, it's benign or it's something that you should cover later on? So uh, I'll get to the pricing part. So the questions that are, uh, <clears throat> you know, not so attractive as competition questions. Yeah. Right. They, they say, how yeah. do you compare to X, Y, or Z? Right. Right. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. That's a really yeah, good one. <laughs> right. And one is, you know, my baby is the prettiest. Okay. <laughs> See, and the smartest. Yeah. Yes. And the smartest. Um, so, you know, or the other way is you don't want to call your baby ugly, right? <laughs> or somebody That's right. else. That's right. Some That's other right. baby. Um, so it is about, so I kind of say, you know, go and compare it to yourself or bring yeah. it and we will show it to you. Yeah. So when it comes very detailed, you know, they do AI matching, do you do AI matching, what's slightly different and what can you do more? Of course, I answer them. But those are questions that make you a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Just because it's not good human tendency to go and say negative things about the tribe. So, or I don't want to be the one saying yep. it. I stay very high level and say, please go and take a look. Here are our strengths. Here are the reasons why, you know, this amazing set of customers are making a balance seek out. That's right. I, uh, I love I love that. I, not only the positive part of that is, you know what? There's no need to talk. Uh, there's there's such a big market, money enough around for everybody. There's no need to talk badly about another uh, yeah. a vendor. And at the same time, you know, I think test driving it or looking yes. at it yourself, you'll you'll either see the different similarities or differences, or not. Uh, but, but, uh, I think putting yeah. vendors into that position is, is, uh, there's a kind of a no, no win position. So, yeah. I yeah. Like that. So, and then on pricing, uh, I am with you, you know, you, um, you know, show people, you know, how it can really create uh, value for them. Sometimes they do have a budget issue and they want to have a sense of pricing. So I'm very happy to discuss, right. uh, you know, the high level pricing, but I'm with you getting into details of pricing. The first thing is, does this excite you? Right. Can we solve some amazing problems for you? Um, you know, that uh, key initiatives that you're pursuing and, you know, then pricing and all the rest of the things, because if you do an enterprise license, it's very different right. than if you're getting a single license and they're just a lot of variables that are there. Well, and, and again, you know, you're going to get to pricing. It's inevitable. It's like buying a car. At one point, you're going to talk to finance. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's inevitable. Like you will do it. You just don't have to do it, you know, as a first yeah. bit. Um, yes. I got to ask you about integrations and, and workflow. Um, so, so obviously, you know, people can play SeekOut and use SeekOut in a lot of different ways. But what are you seeing from your customers uh, in terms of workflow, where they like uh, and love SeekOut in their workflow, but also where you're currently, where you're integrated uh, into their, I guess, ATSs and other systems? So we integrate already with most of the major ATS and CRMs, you know, Workdays and Taleos and SAPs and smart recruiters and levers and greenhouses and averages. 
So you can do so. We call about one-way integration and Beamery, so CRM systems, smash flat. The, the other kind of integration is you know, what we call bi-directional integration, where we can take the candidates that are in your CRM or ATS, um, bring a portion of their profile or the fact that they exist in the ATS into our system. And so the profile they get is the latest profile and not the three-year-old profile that might have been there in the ATS uh, that is there. We enhance it with all of the additional information we might have from security clearance to, you know, their contributions to code bases, papers, patents, everything else. Then we let you search using, you know, all the AI matching or Boolean or whatever else and give you analytics around that. So it becomes very smooth when we go deeply uh, integrate in this way with the ATS. You can also see if another recruiter has been talking to that candidate. So, you know, it's immediately visible to you when you're searching for people. So it solves for that workflow uh, side of it. Um, so that's the, you know, key ways we really simplify their workflow. And then we can help them, you know, of course, get that data into whatever system of record, if I may call it that, you know, they want to take our data into I think that refresh, um, it's it's not talked about enough in terms of keeping that data current. Um, you and I both have lived long enough that people use their ATSs in a way that it, they cast new. So the, the, the ATS just becomes a repository. They'll go cast new, they'll throw it in the ATS, they'll take people through a workflow, those that they, that, you know, that for whatever reason don't make the cut or don't make the list, they just they're just there in the ATS and nothing's done with them. It's a, like an asset that's just waiting to be leveraged. Yes. Um, so I I love I love what y'all are doing in terms of keeping that data current, um, most most up to date, and then again that's contact information. That's all these all the other things that are important. Um, so I love that, and I think that's actually something that more. You know, to get the most out of your ATS, you know, you're spending a lot of money on these on your ATS to get the maximum value of your ATS, maximize that data and make sure that it's fresh. Yeah. The, 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 so the way I stated, uh, William, is a little bit even broader. So one is your data is fresh and enhanced, mm. you know, because we gather more information that is there in the resumes. Second is we make it searchable in ways and show you analytics. So I can go, and I was doing this, so say, you know, find me mechanical engineers that work on this, you know, additive or all of the digital printing, you know, stuff that's going on. And I can, with a single click, then say, you know, find me women or find me Black people and, or where they are now. You know, you can go and see all the fresh uh, you know, college hires that had applied that you rejected, you can go and look three years and say, what are the companies they're at? Mm. What are they doing? Did we make a good decision, bad decision? Can we get them back? So uh, all of that is possible with now seek out at this point in time today. I love that. You've mentioned analytics three times. 
So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about what you're seeing currently uh, and how people are using uh, Seekouts Analytics and how you want to push that, you know, over the next year or so, where you want to take analytics for your customers. So basically what we say is when you do a search traditionally and you look at LinkedIn profiles or, you know, whatever profiles one by one, you are looking at individual trees and saying this tree, good, bad. It helps to get a bird's eye view of the whole talent pool, okay? And one of the things in our system is there is a lot of knobs that are there on how you specify it. You know, do you say I need data scientists or just seen a data scientist or with 10 years of experience or with TensorFlow as a scale? You can specify the talent pool any way you want, okay? And get that bird's eye view. This works for diversity. This works for, you know, how you target, how you have conversations with hiring managers. This whole notion of becoming a talent advisor rather than an order taker is a big component of using the data. And our analytics are very attractive. So if you see, you know, top 10 cities, you can click on city number three, and it's as if you had gone and built the query and selected the location to be that. So we have a very interactive version of the analytics. Where we are headed is, one is to give you much more prescriptive or forward-looking insights. You know, so many of our audience are not experts in data science and may have difficulty interpreting the data that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. So we want to offer intelligent interpretations of the data that can be a guide to them, that can take to their leaders or to the hiring managers uh, is becoming very important. Uh, another thing we want to do is much more around competitive uh, analytics. So, you know, it's like when you go and are trying to buy a TV and you say, you know, can you compare this model, this model, this model, and this model? So, you, you know, being able to show you those comparison ideas again, so that you can build your strategies. So the goal is to just make it easier for them to share the analytics, easier to interpret and get the insights because it's not about data, it's about the insights, right? How is it gonna change what you're gonna do next? And we want to be uh, talent professionals best friend in leveraging that data. So I don't want to be assumptive and say that the concept of remote has changed sourcing, but what I want to get your opinion on is pre-COVID or pre-pandemic, a lot of things were, were location-based. Not everything, but, but a lot of things were located. If you wanted a job in Philadelphia, you'd source for people in, in Philadelphia. What have you seen um, through through the pandemic, and what do you what do you believe is kind of the future of how the concept of remote and sourcing kind of are, are interlaced, or or how they crisscross each other? So you know, one of the things we have discovered, uh, all of us, I really mean, is that people can be productive while being remote, and therefore there is a lot more openness to 
you know, find candidates remotely. I see quite a lot of extremes where they're saying, you know, okay, uh, I will find talent in a low-cost country or geography, you know, versus where you are. The other, hey, if I need diversity and, you know, Seattle is not so diverse, can I go to Austin and can I go to Houston or can I go to Washington, D.C. and get more diverse talent? So that is becoming, or the third is just to find the best talent you know, if I can't find the machine learning engineer in San Francisco because competition is too high, can I find them in Idaho okay, uh, who might be there or Indiana? So all of these trends are very much there. I think they're great ten trends. Um, at a philosophical level, you know, I also think people need to be careful Things work to get well if everybody's remote and things work well, then everybody is kind of, you know, mostly co-located. When you have split teams, where half are remote and half are, you know, three quarters are concentrated in a location and a quarter are remote. I think it takes a lot of thoughtfulness in how you execute so that the, uh, remote people are not feeling as lower class citizens and they right. can participate just as thing. And I think that's a learning we will go through in the coming year. Yeah. And I, th- I love the way that you phrase that it's thoughtfulness because you've yes. got to be thoughtful in the way that you approach that for the employees uh, and, and allow that, Hey, listen, you, you know, we, we want to make sure you have a great experience. Yes. Um, three, three quick questions. One is, one, one, one is how do you handle or how do you, how do you guide your, your folks to handle the ROI question? You know, when you get asked, and it's inevitable in HR and in TA that at one point someone's going to ask you about ROI. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it just is what it is. How do you, how do you normally kind of go about trying to create math uh, around this or, or again, I don't want to be assumptive. What's, what's your take on ROI? I think uh, ROI is important, but it's also overrated and misused. <laughs> All of the people who say, you know, I make your recruiting 10x faster and say, yeah. give me a break, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it when people say fuzzy math. And it's like, there's actually, there actually is things called fuzzy math. (laughs) You know, people who will say, oh, we reduce it by 83%. If you're, you know, the professor, ex-professor like myself and a geek, and it just, you you say, there's precision, there's accuracy, there's a lot of different things. You know, if you know up to 83%, my God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the way I talk about it is, you know, getting the right person in the company really matters a lot, mm-hmm. okay? Having the right people. And we say we are good at certain things, we are not. So if you're Burger King and you're looking for cooks, you know, we are not the right, right. tool for you. Right. Uh, for the right talent, the way we will help you find it. And we make, give them references, we give them case studies, we have them talk to other customers. And I think that makes a bigger difference. We help them do pilots and they can run it themselves and see the value. So as an earlier stage startup now, we are not super early stage, but you know we are still uh, maturing. 
uh, quantitative case studies to have statistically valid quantitative studies is hard. Right. But, yeah. Right. And and again, I, I think the the approach that you're taking is is spot on. It's it's hey, talk to our. First of all, you've separated out. And said, I think early in the podcast, you said, you know, we want to help people find that hard to find talent. You know, we want we want to be the we want to be their secret weapon, their secret sauce to be able to find this talent. And again, if it's no no offense to Burger King or Cooks, yeah, if it's Burger King and Cooks, that's just not that's there's there's something else that might help them. Yes, um, yes. Okay. So, so and then people are building custom tools to help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, you're not trying to be all things to all people. Yeah. Which again, I like that approach. Um, this uh, second question is about the demo, and because I've seen you show software, I've 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 witnessed the magic of watching you demo software and show people software. What's the aha moment? Like, what's the when you? When you have somebody on the other side and you show them something and you just see their eyes light up or you you can just tell they're excited, what what is that generally for y'all? So, you know, often I ask them, what is important to them? You know, give me a role. So instead of my taking it and then they'll say this is a practice thing or something like that. Right. Uh, I ask them for what is some key roles they're searching for. And, you know, I, I'm not an expert in their business right. or area. Right. Of course. And I show them how I can use the combination of just some simple keywords to looking at the analytics, incrementally refining, and then getting to people. And then they say, oh, I've talked to that person. <laughs> you know? So they get very excited and they see us in such a rapid and you know, easy way, get to some of the people, talent they know, and some, and many, 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 of course, that they don't know, but they know are good. And we can do it across many categories, and we can do this for diverse talent, and we can do it for tech talent, and we can do it for salespeople. Um, So uh, that's always fun and exciting. (laughs) I I like that. I actually prefer... You're one of only a few CEOs that do this. Uh, I could name them, but you, you know, if we we're just we, we we won't go there. But but you actually ask them, and I've seen you do this. Like, what, what's your open position? Like, just tell me what yeah. what's what's your hardest to find. Now you need a you know a, a, a data scientist that you know worked at DARPA that you know <laughs> has a degree uh, from Stanford. Okay, all right. Well, you know, okay, let's let's figure that out. You actually go into the system in to seek out right in front of them and go, here's how I would do it. And I love that. I think it's both good for, I mean, it's good to show the product that way. And it's not kind of a staged kind of a demo type of thing that, you know, you're just going from one thing to another. I like it that it's personal, Uh, but I also like it because it shows that you're skilled, you know, your passion, your passion is about finding talent. And so you're learning as, as these people are giving you these recs, you're learning as well. So uh, you, you've done a ton of searches just, uh, just, just in doing, and just in showing people software. Um, last thing on the way out, uh, is the rest of, uh, 2021 for seek out. What do you, 
you know, we got what, eight months or so left in the year. Uh, it's flying by. Um, yeah. what, what <laughs> it's much better than 2020 and, uh, in some ways, um, What's what's a success for you uh, and for the rest of the year? So there are, you know, two dimensions or three dimensions, if I may say, you know, as a business, we are trying to get to many, many more customers and we are trying to triple this year um, in size. So getting to, I feel what we have that it is useful and value creating for lots of customers. We're trying to get to that. The second is always customer success, making sure that the people we have are happy, are getting value and how we can support them. And then the uh, third element in is, is product and how we are enhancing the product to support many more scenarios, whether they might be automatically scoring inbound talent because people are suddenly seeing a lot of more applications coming in uh, or referrals. And the biggest kind of thing is today, you look to us for external talent acquisition, okay? Where we want to go is Talent 360 mm. being the best uh, you know, way to locate internal and external talent and to develop and retain and grow talent. So you will see us as covering both sides of it um, for internal and external talent. I love that. I love that because there's not only not just a play there, but there's a play on the other side of that is, is outplacement is helping yes. people then get placed with their next greatest adventure. Uh, yes. So, so uh, I love that. Uh, I could talk to you, you know, all day, of course, <laughs> but you know, you've got like a company to run and, uh, and, and a couple other priorities on your plate. So Anoop, I appreciate you carving out time and being on the use case podcast. Hey, thank you so much, William. I really enjoyed the conversation. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.